I don't get TikTok. I shouldn't be on TikTok. My brand shouldn't be on there. Blah, blah, blah. This is what I hear from people every single day. So many eyeballs are on there and it's not just 14-year-old kids lip-syncing anymore. TikTok has changed, TikTok is becoming one of the largest search engines and TikTok is where your current and your future audience is going to be. So, if your brand wants to know all about TikTok, I have some great news for you. Our friends at Antler Social are doing a full day TikTok session where they're going to tell you every single thing that they know in one day, you can note it down and then get back to your desk and use it to devastating effect. The TikTok First Agency Antler Social are hosting this bootcamp for hospitality, social media and marketing managers. If you're not there, your competitors will be there and you'll definitely get FOMO and regret it. Just to give you a flavour of the day, Antler will be going through WTF is TikTok, how on earth do you show up on TikTok, then getting straight into chatting all about influencers and paid promotion, then a healthy amount of time to ask every single question that you've ever wanted to know about TikTok. The experts will be there live in person and you'll be able to ask them. Get your tickets now. It's Tuesday the 23rd of May in Brixton, Studio Z and tickets are just £199. Don't miss the session. I'm going to be there. I cannot wait to see the Antler team in action and I think everyone that's going to go is going to fly on TikTok in the next year and see some great results for their business. Supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity and serve guests better. Hey there, my name is Paul Barron. I'm the founder of I Am Donna. We are the restaurant chain on a mission to revolutionize the kebab. In 2016, we opened our first site in Leeds with massive ambitions to go global. But first, we needed a change. Being a chef, I've always been a bit skeptical about being pushed down the technological route. But what it's done for labor and customer service has completely changed the game for us. We partnered with Vita Mojo to introduce their all-in-one restaurant platform. We now take 100% of our orders digitally through kiosks, click and collect and delivery channels. We've waved goodbye to the manual processing of delivery orders as we now have all our delivery partners integrated through Vita Mojo. We only need to do one menu push when updating menus across all platforms. Orders from all channels come into one screen in the kitchen making the operation faster and more efficient. The throughput is four times faster and we've seen a 35% increase in ATV. Our partnership with Vita Mojo has transformed I am Donna. It's a massive part of our revolution. Find out more at vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. I'm about to reveal hospitality's best kept secret. HDI are a mind-blowing hospitality data insight provider working with over 50 different businesses from pubs and bars to casual dining, QSR, 
and coffee. Since 2017, they've led the way creating incredible insights from debit and credit card spending. If you want to know the customer profile and performance of every site on your street, which brands are performing best or where else your customers go, give HDI a shout. For mind-blowing hospitality data insights based on real credit card and debit card data, contact hello at hdinsights.com. That's hello at hdinsights.com. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm a tired wee bunny. I've just got back from Scotia, the homeland, and I didn't land till about 10-ish last night. Didn't get back till about midnight. So, wee bit sleepy this morning, but a fantastic few days with Buzzworks, one of my clients up in Scotland. Scotland, as you know, is famous for lots of things, but I think they're unrivaled almost in terms of baked goods and all things that are just a little bit more indulgent, things like millionaire shortbread and empire biscuits and all these kind of things, you don't often get readily available uh, around the UK. But one of the most indulgent things that I came across many, many years ago are the rose and pistachio little cakes at Gales, and they are one of my favourite treats to have with a little oat milk, maybe even vanilla latte. I've had a romance with Gales for many, many years and also had the pleasure of working with Marta and the team there on some marketing things a few moons ago. Today, I've got the absolute pleasure and a bit of an exclusive talking to Gales all about the success and the rise of their new loyalty or as we've termed it, thank you app. It's all about gratitude and giving back to people who stick with Gales, love Gales and shop with Gales often. Today's guest is the most person in the know and that is Rosie Hill who's the e-commerce head at Gales and I've just not had a happier or lovelier guest for a long, long time. So thanks to Rosie for just being so convivial and open and telling us all about the journey from going from analogue all the way through to being this digital player, but in a Gales way. We'll talk about the Gales way through the podcast, also how their people are so great and where they get them from, their expansion plans, the plans for the future, the impact of AI and social media on Gales also when you are that more crafted brand and also why it was so important to pick the right partner, Vita Mojo, to make sure that this new way, this new thank you app, this new way of showing gratitude to all of the customers of Gales was the right thing to do. So it gives me the most best thing since sliced bread, a pleasure ever to introduce my next guest, who is Rosie Hill, the head of e-commerce at Gales. Hello. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Yes. I'm admiring your curtains in the background as well. (laughs) (laughs) But you're in a nice soundy proof room. So that's it. That's excellent. Um, But I was just saying, yeah, there's a sort of Crufts uh, dog agility show um, being set up in the square um, outside, so if we hear any barking or music or shouting, or if you're lucky enough to be able to hear a dog whistle, um, <laughs> then uh, you know your hearing is on point. So yeah, hopefully that doesn't disturb us too much. Um, so yeah, so how are you getting on? What's been happening? 
Well, we've been fairly busy. You might have noticed we've launched an app fairly recently. Uh, Gales is really kind of going from strength to strength, kind of in all of our channels, actually, online, in grocery, uh, in, in all of our bakeries. And we're, we're this kind of wonderful growing business. So it's a really nice space to be in at the moment, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing about Gales um, is that it still feels indie. And it's such a trick to pull off when you have many places you know because then it becomes you know ubiquitous and you know it's everywhere and all these things and then people kind of go oh, kind of over it you know and you can mm-hmm. see it with larger chains and things like that but it's just kept that individuality and also brands bang on about community all the time but you really feel part of that whichever community that you you, you land in you know um how how is that possible what, what's been happening there um I think I think trick maybe isn't the right word for it. Really, it's a, it's a thing that comes with great intention um, mm-hmm. because Gales has, has been around since the early nineties. Really, so we started off as a business by supplying Mission Star chefs, great hotels, and great bread was kind of the foundation of it. Um, and then when Tom joined the business, he's our CEO and co-founder with the lovely Gale, a skateboarding uh, CEO, might I add. Skateboarding scene, <laughs> uh, with hoodies and necklaces, and yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very rad. <laughs> yeah, quite the quite the California dude is Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you ever get to meet him, so Tom kind of came aboard and was like, you know, they've got this great product. There, there simply must be a market for it. You know, I can't mm. be the only one that really likes great bread. So Gales was kind of a, almost an accidental success because mm. the whole point was that the product was the really kind of key focus. So. Over the last few years, we've kind of expanded relatively gently up until fairly recently. Um, but it's it's mostly been about kind of keeping that that product and that love of craft at the core. So I think whilst what you typically see as businesses get bigger is that they sort of say goodbye to some of those founding principles and things that really made them special. Mm. And actually for Gales, it's been around the idea that craft at scale is the magic of, of what we do and trying to make sure that that is protected no matter what. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I, I was saying to you just off mic there that years ago I, I did some work with you guys, um, just in a couple of sort of local marketing projects, you know, just mm-hmm. to sort of help awareness and, and things like that. And actually, I felt like a Jedi without my powers, <laughs> right? Because I kind of rock up and, you know, I've got a kind of toolbox of things that I usually do. Mm-hmm. And um, I was working with Romy at the time, uh, who's, who's away now, who's fabulous, and, uh, and Marta and, and Tom and all that. And basically anything that we suggested that smell of, you know, sort of sales raising or mm-hmm. what someone else might do or whatever um, was just like blocked, you know? So what it, what was great for me was, you know, you really had to just really think so hard about how, as you say, you can keep that brand integrity at all costs, yet do the things that you, you wanted to do. Um, so what that made for was better creativity, um, mm-hmm. a message that people really loved, um, a, a mechanic really to get them in that, not only got customers in to enjoy gills, but also on top of that, um, give back to the community in like a real, like a, mm. are you sure? You know, kind of <laughs> way, you know, it was like, are you going to give away this much? And mm. something that really stuck with me from Tom was, he just said, I would rather give away bread all day than discount, yeah. you know? 
and and that was amazing. There was another funny story actually. We were in uh, the Richmond store. I'm sure it was Richmond, and we we're having a wee look around, taking photos, and you know all the rest of it. And then it was the early days of alternative milks, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, just the way I took this shot and the way we were standing, something was blocking the chalkboard. And it obviously said oat milk, but the way it looked, because something was cutting across, it was one of these visual things. And it said, it looked like it said cat milk. (laughs) 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 I'm going, what? (laughs) What's going on here? I thought it must take ages to to get a pint of that. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure it would taste very good either. Um, so anyway, so no, it was oat milk. So actually, you were my first introduction to oat milk and, and how wonderful that was. And, you know, and, and Romy really saying, you know, you have to have an oat milk latte, you know, and, and enjoy it, you know. So it was, yeah, and I drink oat milk to this day. That's all I drink. So, um, yeah, so thank you for that. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> I, uh, it was my conversion to oat milk as well, actually. And also mm. my conversion to iced coffee was Gail's. So ah, those magical things. Um, nice. I, I totally take your earlier point around, I think often when people join us as a business, they feel a bit like they're trying to do their job with one hand tied behind their back. Because a lot of the go-to mechanics, particularly around sort of sales driving, it's just, mm. just not really our cup of tea, as it were. No. Um, so it can be really tricky, but you're, I, I totally agree. It really does force that creativity and that, you know, how do you do something that is authentic and genuine and yeah. right for our customers and right for our brand? Like it, it can be really hard, but really rewarding and, and really pays off when we get it right. And just, we'll touch on the stores for you a bit more at the shops and then we, we you know, obviously we'll get into techie stuff and we can get geeky about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what strikes me as well as the people, you know, mm-hmm. I cannot believe that every single interaction with anyone and, you know, especially shopping Brighton and Hove, for me, the, the two of those, um, it's just a joy. And mm. again, you know, what, what do you feed them? You know, what, yeah, <laughs> what, what you, you know, where, where, where are you finding these great people and, and, and how are you training them to just be so gilesy? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and something that I can take no credit for at all. <laughs> brilliant uh, talent team. I don't know if you saw, they ran an exquisite campaign earlier this year called The Early Bird Gets the Worm. And it's this Mm -hmm. idea that often people get put off hospitality as a career, either because they don't feel like they can rise through it fast enough or they don't feel like the the hours will fit their life. And so what they wanted to do is kind of showcase this this different end of hospitality where if you're a morning person, actually Gail's Bakery or, you know, coffee shops in general is ideal, right? Because you can go and put in your shift and then you're back to pick your kids up from school. And so, yeah, they, they kind of run this beautiful campaign, but we're really blessed by the fact that, A, we're a growing business and mm. I think everyone really knows that. B, it's a beautiful brand that really has sort of great products and it's so much easier to do your job if you enjoy the products, to be honest. Um, so there's lots of things to kind of attract people. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a really exciting time to join the business. And because what we prioritize always is that concept of craft you know you can learn how to be a proper baker you can learn how to be a genuine barista far more skilled than I could have in either category to be honest um but yeah we try to invest a lot in a kind of finding the right people but training them to really understand that that craft element of whatever their responsibility is and it, it makes such a difference yeah and how many shops are you at now I think we are at 111. Is it? We opened Bromley uh, last week. And before that, we had our Manchester debut a, a few months ago up in Altrium oh. and Wilmslow. So 
yeah, it's sort of accidentally crept up, I think. Yeah. And what was Scotland? Eventually, eventually. Yeah, it's yeah. always a it's a difficulty, right? Because we've got a we've got a couple of small central bakeries. And so uh-huh. it's not a product that travels particularly well. And yeah. and if you're gonna have the the time and the space to do craft mm. properly, uh yeah, we'll 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 get there eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's as always with Gales, doing it in the right way. Yeah, I think you do it nice and slowly. And if you look at all the brands that have succeeded, you know, your Dishooms, your Hawksmoors, you know, Pret in the early days, yourselves, etc. You know, it isn't that rush and it isn't that compromise of we have to be in Bath or we'll take it anywhere, you know, and then that's where it, that's where it goes wrong, you know. Mm. I've, I've seen it so many times. And then what about you then? So how did you come to find yourself at Gales? What, what was the story? Uh, so I did... I guess most of my growing up in the hospitality industry at Nando's uh, uh-huh. where I was for about eight and a half years. Um, and I started right at the bottom of the cashier uh, in uh, in Bath, actually, where I was at university. Um, rose through the ranks through ops, became a bus assistant, which I loved. Um, and then kind of got a little bit sick of taking the night bus, to be honest. Mm. Uh, so moved sideways into customer experience. And then uh, when Nando's first started the the white label delivery proposition, I got to be a part of that teeny tiny team to kind of grow that from scratch. So what was that? What was the white label system? Uh, so it was the idea that as a customer, everything kind of looks and feels and is branded like Nando's, but behind the scenes, the delivery partner is an aggregator. So right. yeah, that it was a kind of first to market version of what's now become quite a popular model. Mm. Um, so loved, loved helping to develop that from scratch. And it was a really kind of cool, incredible strategic initiative that exploded during the pandemic as as it naturally would have done uh so we grew it to its heights and then uh, it kind of for me at least felt like there wasn't a lot more to be done with those channels so yeah. gales came knocking and said well you know we've got these channels we know that there's potential we don't really know what to do with it can you help and i just jumped to the chance because what a beautiful brand to join yeah and how long ago was that how long have you been gilsey uh, 18 months and Is it, it has I can't tell if it's been really long or really short. It's certainly been very full. Yeah, well, I guess it's that kind of, it's not quite post-COVID because it's still here in, in its way. But um, but yeah, yes, time has warped, you know. And when you worked at Nando's, did you know James Fowler? Oh, yes. Oh, Aye. Yeah, an absolute joy of a man. Yeah, James was my old boss um, at um, Yosushi. And just the most unlikely CFO ever, the A, he wanted to give money to marketing, which is just yeah. a you know surprise. <laughs> um, and then the second thing was um, he's in his rock. He's like into absolute you know heavy metal and all the rest of it. So you know that was always quite funny. You know, sort of uh, just with his day life and his night life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was uh, he was very much R E W K. So uh, yeah, he he was just. Um, <laughs> Lovely guy. And then at Nando's, I got down to the last two to be marketing director years ago when I was a kid. <laughs> really? And I, I, and I never got it. Um, so, yeah, I was absolutely gutted. But the guy they took forward never got it either. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, I lived in Milton Keynes at the time. So Putney was going to be a bit of a sort of thing yeah. to get to. You know, it was going to be a bit tricky. Not um, ideal place for an HQ. Yeah, that's, that's a bit weird. So, yeah, cool. Right, so in terms of... You know, we're talking about digital today and, you know, we're obviously um, partnered with our lovely partners and your lovely partners as well at uh, Vita Mojo. And one of the things, again, I was thinking about was from, from my prep days, you know, that clash of a very sort of crafted analogue brand mm. and experience 
how do you not make it, you know, the cheesiest of apps that just <laughs> jars and is garish and isn't a pleasure, you know, and 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 all these sort of watch outs that I'm I'm sure you went through. But I think, you know, fast forward and just for a second, we'll go back. Like, I think I've seen it everywhere. I think the job that you've done from a marketing sense has been second to none. You know, I've seen it all over, um, you know, LinkedIn and, and all the digital channels. I've downloaded it. I've not had the, the pleasure of getting my, my coffee yet, but I will. <laughs> um, and again, just another thing, the strength of your partnerships with people like Union Coffee and mm-hmm. how deep those go. Um, you know, is quite incredible. But just going back then, so day one, you rock up, um, you get your nice tote bag with a lovely uh, copy on it and your water bottle and all that. Welcome. Mm-hmm. What happens? Uh, so when I joined Gales, we had had, I think, four heads of e-commerce in about two years. Okay. Um, so, they, so you they were, were brave. And so whilst they had all been brilliant individuals, naturally you ended up with a bit of a mishmash of actually what's the overall plan. So mm. the first kind of six months or so was just a bit of a back to basics sense of what are we doing? You know, what do we hope to achieve in these channels? What's the point of them? And really nailing down that, that why conversation and, that's kind of how you end up with an end product that looks and feels like it's right for the brand is, is genuinely understanding that why, because you can start off on a mission that says, well, we want to have an app, but until you figure out what you're trying to achieve with it, how do you even know what you're building? And so it's really easy to end up with, pardon the bakery pun, a cookie cutter app um, where you kind of just look and feel like every other brand. And, and, and again, knowing that there is something genuinely special about Gales that has to be cherished. I think we all took that responsibility really, really seriously. Um, and part of that was in, you know, selecting our partners because it shouldn't be underestimated just how hard a lot of the integration work is when you've got existing partners. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of went to market to see who was out there, who would, you know, who could build us a great app, but then trying to integrate that e-commerce journey in a way that felt really seamless. It, it just kind of, felt like no one could do that well so it was kind of almost providence that uh, Vita Mojo had just done their first app with Leon and and they were mm. kind of early in that journey but we weren't the first people to partner with and so you de-risk it a little bit um but it did really feel like it was a bit of a, an adventure for both of us to try and work this out together and so uh we've kind of spent a I guess a year or so in conversations and then last three six months in development to to get to this point but it hasn't been quick it's had a lot of prodding and poking at all levels of our business to figure out if this is the right thing, how do we do it right? Mm. Uh, and that's kind of how we've landed where we have today. And I hope in a, in a good space, certainly feels that way to me. Well, it looks like it, you know, from the outside and, you know, and I'd really hold it up there. I mean, not comparing you to any of these brands, but the the, the ones that really stand out always are, you know, Spoon's app mm-hmm. does what it does incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, the, the the sort of prep mobile site was was pretty decent. It was like a team member in your pocket. Um, and when one of the other ones was really good, um, always was, was be at one, you know, had that uh, mm-hmm. have your own happy hour sort of thing, you know, and that was good. But I think what you've done incredibly well and, and a lot of clients that I have right now are, are, are groping for this really, is, you know, the loyalty side. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you do that in a 
non sort of Pavlovian sort of way <laughs> that makes the, the 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 customer feel like some kind of experiment, you know, and it, it feels like the loyalty scheme, you know, the loyalty part of the app is all about, you know, kindness, you know, and, and helping people discover more of Gales. Yeah, I think I think that's that's exactly it. You know, we we had a, a sort of paper card program for a long time that was really straightforward and, and really well loved to be honest for, yeah. for those small portion of people that knew about it but because it was limited to people that bought coffee and bread actually we were excluding this whole chunk of our, our customers who um yeah who, who weren't buying those products and because we are best known for coffee and bread you know that's great in some ways but we've got this whole range of really incredible products and it just kind of didn't feel right to say well, we don't value you because you don't spend X or because you don't visit often enough or because you don't do you know, whatever. So when we thought about the the principles of what the program should be, it was fundamentally, how do you say thank you? Because it's a crowded marketplace and people choose us nonetheless. And mm. um, and again, it's, it's really about taking our responsibility to customers seriously and, and coming at that with that angle of gratitude is really important mm. to us. I think timing wise as well, you know, I've been in so many meetings that, something is 18 months late never mind 18 <laughs> months from you coming in at day one with six months trying to you know sort of work it all out hey i'm sam from airship and toggle you might remember me from hospitality marketing campaigns such as jetpack santa toggle time 2 or anything that involves chico from the x factor well, now we're delighted to be supporting the latest series of the Supersonic Hospitality Marketing Podcast and the wonderful human that is Mark McCulloch. Airship is the CRM system built specifically for hospitality, which integrates with over 100 tech platforms, including Vita Mojo. Hey, guys, fancy seeing you here. And allows you to build personalized, automated marketing journeys for your customers. Toggle is the hospitality gift card platform that integrates with your existing EPOS and allows you to sell physical and digital cards, as well as experiences, retail items, tickets, and more, both online and in venue. Both platforms are currently available half price as part of our budget-proof campaign, as we aim to support our sector the best way we know how. You can learn more at airship.co.uk or use toggle.com, or you can just drop me an email at sam at airship.co.uk. A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. I think the thing you've got to have, you know, great credit for and kudos for as a management team is sitting back and asking those mature questions. Mm. Because as you say, it can just be on a strategic thing for the next couple of years, we must have an app. Why? Mm. Just we need an app. Or I was talking to my 14-year-old daughter and she says we need an app. I okay, great, you know, <laughs> and then you just run off. But when you're asking questions like, how do we want someone to think, act, and feel? Mm. You know, how how's this going to work for the teams? You know, is it going to be easy for them? You know, mm. I think it's really good. So just going through the sort of milestones then of doing this, you know, just for listeners to, you know, get a feel for how much work this really takes for it to be, you know, Champions League status, which I think you are, <laughs> you know, 
from from that point of view, you know, what what were the sort of key milestones through the project? And what did you have to think about? Uh, so you end up with a lot of kind of concurrent work streams. So you have a whole angle that's technically what's feasible, what do we actually want to build, what constitutes some a product that you're proud enough to put into the hands of your customers. Mm-hmm. You then have your kind of branding and design elements of look and feel. How do you make sure it's genuinely Gales and not an app that anyone could have? Um, there's, there's the long-term sort of strategy and modeling piece around like how does this fit in our business? How do we build upon it to make it more exciting, more engaging, and make more meaningful connections to our customers because mm-hmm. I think the ideal outcome is one in which this isn't tell, this is a conversation between us and our customers and, and mm-hmm. they participate and we participate in it and it becomes kind of more, uh, yeah, more, more meaningful fundamentally. So that was a big part of it. We had to do some fairly substantial cultural shifts internally and that I think was true both in a kind of leadership sense, but also for our bakery teams, you know, so it's a fairly big shift for us as a business and so we did a lot a lot a lot of engagement activity um we did our first internal conference called breadx uh, i saw i wrote to marta and i said oh man <laughs> that is the best name i've ever heard it I is know, so I, brilliant not mine at all Haley, our, our head of uh, people and culture that was her no, brainchild no. um but we did this kind of series of ted talks all about all the digital transformation activities <laughs> bread talks and, yeah, and it, it was. <laughs> I love a little bread pun. Um, oh, it's fantastic! <laughs> so lots of uh, yeah, lots of engagement activities with the team. Um, but even internally, just to speed up our decision making, we uh, crafted something called digital boards. So it meant that we had a subset of our directors who were in those conversations every couple of weeks, just to make sure that we could take that conversation all the way to the top and all the way to the bottom, yeah. no matter what we were doing, and and it kept us really aligned. Um, and who was represented in that group, just, you know, for, for people that are looking to set up a digital board? So we had uh, myself, we had our head of product, our head of digital marketing, uh, our MD, our CFO, uh, and a representative from our investors from Bain. So it was really nice to kind of, uh, and our marketing director, when when that was kind of appropriate as well. Um, it meant that you had enough people that you could still move quite quickly um, but you really had kind of pared down to the decision-making group. So it was great in terms of making sure we had enough rigour to make the right decisions, but also not slowing us down. Yeah. And then just in terms of then, so you're, you've written the brief, mm-hmm. you go out to market, you kiss a few frogs, you meet, <laughs> you meet Vita Mojo, who you're thinking, great, they've sort of done it with Leon, so, you know, de-risking it, as you say. Mm. What kind of happens from there? You know, what what types of systems were feeding into this. I'm actually just fresh from a tech stack meeting on Friday with a client and uh, my head's sort of buzzing with all that stuff. So, and I know how difficult it is, you know, what what were the sort of, you know, what was the inputs into the system? What were the considerations? I think broadly you have to decide what you want your longer term strategy to be mm-hmm. and how much internal resource and money you're prepared to commit to it. When I say internal resource, I mean that partly in terms of your ability to manage multiple partners. So you can kind of take your uh, all your eggs in one basket approach and you say, well, we're going to use one person and they're going to do everything for us. Or you can say, well, actually, you probably don't end up with the best of outcomes that way because you have to compromise in some ways and not others. So we had a look at this and said, well, we want to use Actiol as our actual loyalty provider because they're beautifully integrated with our till systems. And, you know, we've seen what they can do from a CRM perspective. So we like that, but they weren't the right partner for an app build. 
And so selecting Beta Mojo as our e-commerce and app partner bolted on with Actual, we ended up with systems that made perfect sense for us and with the right level of integration with existing things like tills and data and all of those unsexy bits of tech that are really yeah. important to be able to actually yeah. do your job. So yeah, that that was our kind of big early on strategic conversation was, you know, how much how much do we want to commit to this internally as a long term development piece, and how much do we want to kind of rely on partners and outsource? And uh, till systems, for example, they need to talk to that. So what was that access? That's access, yeah, and access own Actiol, which means that that's kind of super easy to deal with. Yeah, and then any other inputs in terms of systems? Any other considerations? So like a stock management thing or anything like that. Yeah, so stock management is a challenge. Um, it's fun. It's fun, right? <laughs> Again, the unsexy stuff that everyone... Is that why you get up on. in the morning? Is that what makes you... <laughs> you Not you to... joke, and yet. <laughs> um, yeah, and we, we kind of, we knew that as part of the app experience, we wanted same day click and collect. So yeah. trying to get to a space where our teams could manage multiple live channels mm. in one space... And so again, you go to market and you say, well, you know, here are the industry leaders. Are they the right fit for us? Maybe yeah. not. And so we ended up actually using VM's aggregator hub for some of the menu management as well. Um, so yeah, lots, lots of different pieces that had to fit together. And I think we ended up in a space where we picked the fewest possible partners mm. without compromising what we actually wanted to achieve. Yeah, Not an easy one to do, I don't think. No, it's it's so difficult. And then just in terms of then coming up to launch then, so you said the market director didn't come in until later on, which makes me sad a little bit. I'm going to cry because <laughs> I'd like to be involved from day one. So in terms of that, yeah, so what happened there then, you know, in terms of the launch, what was your hopes and dreams for, for that, you know, when you, when you sat down to look at that? I honestly think our marketing team have outdone themselves. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't say that lightly. I think the fact that the reception has been so positive yeah. uh, is a real testament, not just to the product, but to their incredible hard work in the run-up. So we kind of wanted to make sure that, again, it felt very Gales, it felt very real, and and that's around generating conversation. So that for us was why the training and engagement piece was so important up front, so the team's genuinely felt excited to talk about it instead yeah. of us sort of giving them a script you know we wanted it to be a thing that they they understood the point of it as a tool so mm. our, our team and our people are always going to be our biggest advocates and then it was really just about how do you put this in your bakery in a way that doesn't feel disruptive doesn't feel in your face it feels very normal um, and try and add a bit of beauty where possible so mm. you know, we have to have scanners on our counters and you could just put them on and they would be scanners but Julia and our team helped design these sort of beautiful covers so it, it feels like it's there for a purpose and and kind of just fits in a bit more seamlessly. Uh, and then, of course, they did an awful lot of really beautiful PR work. So out there talking to influencers, you would have seen the coverage of Tom in The Times a few weeks ago yeah. uh, just before launch, and he was on Sky News this morning. Mm. Oh, was it? Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah well yeah. worth a watch. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're kind of blessed that Gales is a brand that people like talking about and there's a lot yeah. of positive stories to say about it. So we really just tried to make the most of that. And then just in terms of the designy parts of mm -hmm. the app, so you've got fantastic interstitial screens, which made me so happy, um, where it just says like warming up the oven and jazz like that. So that just that stuff makes me really happy. So in terms <laughs> of that... Um, who did that? Where did that come from? Is it an agency? Is it you getting in-house creative? How does that work? 
So that aspect of the project was led by Lauren, our head of digital marketing, who has a real personal passion for design. I think if she didn't do what she did, she'd be a, a des- like an interior yeah, designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Vivian Westwood. Skill that I don't have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did a little bit with outside agencies. Um, the challenge with that is then if you take an agency who are design, mm. you then have to put them in the real world, which is yeah. what, what can we physically do with this product? Um, so it, it was quite challenging to have to go back and forth between our idealized version of what it would look like and then what could we actually build. Uh, mm. But, you know, I think we made a few compromises, but largely ended up again and hopefully ended up with this really beautiful mm. product on, nonetheless. But yeah, we, we did have some support along the way from designers. No, it just makes me so happy when brands that I genuinely love, because you know, I'm quite, you know, sort of cynical or real about you know most things but when a brand I love just gets it right you're just like punching the air like see when I was going through I was just, this is ace so just in terms of the UI and UX and, and the customer experience then so what happens what can people expect so obviously if you're listening please download it because it's fab <laughs> um, and I'm sure you've got a gills near you now so mm-hmm. what happens then you go in and what are the main things that you would see as you go through the app Sure. So the the primary use case of it is loyalty. You know, we wanted a mechanism to say thank you for for coming to see us. Um, so just, just on that point, Rosie, this is a lovely flip. That this is how we should start thinking about loyalty. Mm. It's a thank you scheme, a thank you yeah. initiative. Not we should actually get rid of the L word. Mm, yeah, it's true actually. I really like that. That's fantastic. Good. Um, yeah, so, you know, you, you'll log on to the app, you'll see your QR code. And when you come to the tills, you'll order whatever it is that makes you happy. And that could be a little Madeleine for all of a pound, or it could be, you know, as much as you want for you and your office. Um, what makes you and, happy? What, what's your favourite product? What are you hankering for? Oh, what's my favourite product? Are, are you going sweet or savoury? Because it uh, really... Whatever you want. You do, you do you. Yeah, whatever you want. I think the product that everyone uh, eats until they get a bit sick of is a Parmesan chicken sandwich. And it is <laughs> genuinely beautiful. But yeah. ge- like you, you eat so many in your first six weeks that you, you then need a bit of a break. Yeah, need um, trousers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, love, love one of those. But honestly, a Gale's almond croissant cannot be beaten as far as I'm concerned. I'm it's devastated pretty, that they are so bad for me, but I love them nonetheless. It's pretty indulgent. Sorry, I interrupted you. Just, I was just interested to see what you were... You were no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, so you, you scan your app and mm. then you get a digital stamp. Uh, if you spend over £20, you get a second digital stamp. Uh, and then once you visited us uh, nine times, then you get a free barista-made drink or a loaf of bread. Uh, and I think the loaf of bread is the thing that is particularly... Uh, unusual in the industry no one else really well no one else as far as where does that at all so mm. uh, if you're a sourdough fan then we are definitely the people for you yeah and back to tom years ago you know mm. i'd rather give away bread you know yeah. with with gratitude than than, than discount you know yeah, so definitely. it makes so much sense what's the dog's name <laughs> he doesn't have a oh, he doesn't come have on. name actually you need oh, we, we need to do a, that we should have paired up with your dog show outside and oh, yeah. today, shouldn't we <laughs> Yeah, it's not started yet. <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> oh, that's that's really cool. Um, and then what about the challenges then? You know, what what in hindsight you're like, oh god, that was a big thing, or are there more m- mountains to climb as you, as you're going through? Um, so we did a bit of a wrap up this week actually, and we had a whole page of successes and a whole page of challenges. I think as as is always the way. Uh, overall, I think we're just genuinely really proud of 
A, where we got to, but B, how we got here. Um, and the fact that we have managed to end up with something that, yeah, that feels like us instead of feels like kind of anyone. Yeah. Um, I think the big challenge we had to overcome, as I mentioned earlier, I think that there was that cultural shift around the place that technology and digital plays in Gales, mm. because we are this beautiful old school craft business where, you know, when you order your potato and rosemary sourdough, there is someone genuinely every day picking rosemary off a stalk and hand cutting potatoes to go into your loaf of bread. And, and it can really feel like that's anathema to technology, that it's somehow incompatible. And so we really had to take everyone on this journey where they stopped viewing tech with suspicion and started seeing it, it as something that could really help us get out of our own way and enable our people to be people, to be great at what they did and remove some pain points and, that was, I think, our biggest challenge was getting people to a space where they they felt really excited about this, this this next section of our journey. What about the success of the launch then? So I do remember um, we launched a Yosushi years ago, right? It wasn't going that well. And uh, the CEO's standard line, if he was asked by the press, was it took off like a train. He didn't say how <laughs> fast the train was going. <laughs> so, so I always thought it was a good line. But I've seen already you've you've been saying, you know, how well the downloads have done and, and things like that. So is, is there some numbers on that? Um, it certainly outperformed our expectations. So mm. I think we always deemed if we got to sort of 10% of transactions that contained loyalty, that would be a good start. And, mm. and that's where we're at now. So wow. it's been a really, yeah, it's been a really good start. I think partly it's that... We never particularly advertised our old program. We don't particularly advertise at all in general as a brand. No. So because people are excited about Gales, it's new news and it's positive news. So it's people are really engaging with it. Um, but I do hope that the the generosity of it is the thing that people are finding exciting and interesting. And um, yeah, I think it's it's better than we thought it would be. Um, but yeah, cautiously optimistic. No, you should be very proud. I mean, in terms of then just the the cynical marketer in me which just these things happen is mm -hmm. that if it sort of tails off you know is there like a year-long marketing plan to sort of keep boosting it or you know or do you think it'll just have a life of its own or, or what are you looking out for there yeah i mean naturally there are plans afoot for how we keep people interested and excited mm. but largely what we're trying to to channel is that longer term plan of of getting this to a space where it is meaningful and is conversational right so mm. Um, what you want is a version of this where your experience is A, totally seamless, but B, kind of personal, right? You want it to be something where you log on as Mark and we go, hey, Mark, you know, we we know that you really love olive sourdough and we've got mm. this new sandwich that uses olive bread. Why don't you give it a try on us? You know, mm. that sort of thing. So it's partly fueled by tech innovation, but it's now in the hands of our customers and we want to see how people use it because yeah. best laid plans and all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we'd rather make the decision on the back of how our customers genuinely think and feel rather than our expectations of it. And then in terms of the marketing insight that you're getting then, mm -hmm. you know, is this going to drive a lot more personalization in terms of CRM and, um, you know, rewarding people? Cause I'm just thinking my favorite things, you know, what's the wee cake, the pistachio, the wee pistachio cakes. Mm -hmm. what's the the, the rose pistachio cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're just my favourite thing in the world. And then, <laughs> and then when you brought out sort of like maxi ones, um, I just thought, oh God, this is a bad, this is a bad thing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm meant to be gluten-free actually. So yeah, I have the odd treat. But um, oh my God, when those were just, yeah, delicious. And in every meeting we ever had with you, 
um, they'd rock up with a boxer. Goodies, you know, and it was like, oh God, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so is it, you know, if that's my jam rather than, you know, the sourdough, is, will it be more things like that, more strategic in that way? Yeah, that's definitely the hope. I mean, as a as a business, we have this kind of gap in our knowledge about what do our customers genuinely think and feel, right? We've got loads of great internal operational insight around how we're doing. But whilst I can see what it is customers choose to buy, I have no indication of why. Yeah. Uh, and so the more we kind of understand our customers, the better able we are to, to interact with them in a way that is positive and is genuinely adding value to their their day-to-day rather than yeah. being in any way invasive, which nobody wants. You know, you don't want this endless stream of text and Persian email. I'd rather we spoke to you maybe once a month and it was a genuine thing that was useful to you yeah. than being kind of peppered with stuff all the time i think everyone kind of hates that as a consumer so why would you endorse it when you're in the industry yeah no definitely and then just thinking about vita mojo just if someone was thinking about going down this journey i think for me the thing that's uh that's, that's remarkable about vita mojo is that they started as a hospitality business yeah they started off running restaurants. And so they haven't lost that as the overriding kind of imperative behind what they do. They know that everything they do is about the end customer having a great experience. So the the part of the partnership that I think we found most valuable was taking their product team into our bakeries and sort of saying, look, this is, we work in a way that's totally different to all of your other partners. That's just the reality of our operations. It's, it's complicated running bakeries sourdough is a 48 hour product you can't just have it all of the time you know it's 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 more challenging and they were really ready to have those conversations and understand the challenge to then help us solve for it rather than having that kind of computer says no it's a white label platform tough they they really kind of wanted to to get to grips with our business particularly and and help us help us build something new Oh, that's cool. And then thinking about you for a sec, you know, your world. So obviously this is a wee teeny part of all the other stuff that you're doing. So as head of e-commerce, what what else is your is your day job? What else are you looking after? I mean, I I run all of our online channels. So click and collect, delivery, corporate catering, delivery, just eat, that kind of all sits in my world. Um we're at the very early steps of a long-term omni-channel journey. Mm. Uh, so I'm trying to kind of help us get along that path. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, for me, the thing about my job is the breadth of it is so fun because you have to really understand how do our bakeries operate? How does the decision we make at the front end of the journey knock on all the way down to your bakery teams and your customers? And so it's complicated and it's on fire a lot, but yeah. it's a huge source of joy. Yeah. No, it, I, I think it is, you know, one of the most seamless ecosystems that that, that I've came across. Um, only in the last 18 months, obviously, not before that. It was rubbish. No, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then what about, you know, you've got some great partnerships going on as well. And, and you know, and, and I remember, I seem to remember actually with the Richmond, um, you know, bakery, it was next to a Waitrose that sold mm-hmm. your goods also. So you were kind of like competing with a frenemy that was your own stuff. You know, it was kind of like <laughs> tricky. So that's been some great news, hasn't it? You know, um, being within a lot of the Waitrose stores. So uh, what sort of impacts will that have on the business and, and also you? Yeah, it's, it, it's been really positive, actually. And I think there are real similarities with a partnership like Waitrose as there are with a partner like Deliveroo, right? Mm. We have our own delivery service. So you have to be able to understand that they are both a partner and a rival simultaneously. It, yes. it makes the uh, real ambiguity, but a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and the grocery partnership with Waitrose has been around for actually about 14 years now. So it's been a long time. Yeah. 
a real sort of slow grower. Um, but we recently rolled out these kind of new dedicated spaces in uh, in Waitrose stores. I think we we piloted it in about three or four, and um, it's been so incredibly successful that we're rolling it out to another sixty four, and we're in sort of nearly a hundred Waitrose stores now. And I think for us, it's really important when we select partners that it feels like there is similarity there it feels like there are there's going to be demand you know we don't want to be where our customers aren't we want to be where they are and um waitrose are a great example of that yeah and then with e-com as well are you touching things like social media and ai and all that sort of stuff you know what's this uh exposure to that gales is a small family um which is really wonderful and we've not really lost that entrepreneurial spirit that means if someone has a good idea you can kind of just go with it um which is great i definitely don't touch social we have this really small but powerful little marketing team Mm. uh so they look after all of that um and ai i think is something that i just sort of benefit from right because the the better and slicker we make our operations, the easier it is for us to create those experiences that delight customers. And therefore the easier it is for me to kind of sell that as a, as a thing. So. Have you had some fun with it yet? You've been sort of giving it a little go. Not yet. Not yet. Mm -hmm. My, my limited experience is just harassing chat GPT um, (laughs) (laughs) to help me write speeches, if I'm honest, uh, which is quite good fun. Yeah. No, it's been great. I mean, the thing is now, in, in my world, everyone I'm meeting is a prompt engineer now, and you're like, "Oh, are you very good?" <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's just like everyone's an expert straight away. But, um, mm. but yeah, no, it's it's going to be really interesting. I think the thing I'm more interested in is linking it up with the some other platforms. So using ChatGPT for one bit, but then getting into mid journey, then getting into the you know the video type things, and also AB testing, you know, market mm. messages and stuff like that. You know, I think it could be great. But back to Gales for a sec. You know, the soul of your advertising your messaging will probably be gone so actually you know there is a real balance there between just being functional and emotional Um, yeah it's really it's really true and i i think there's a lot of wariness around what's the role that technology should play and particularly for us as a craft business you know, all right. So if it was not a guy stripping rosemary from uh, from that stalk, would it matter? Maybe not. But there are parts of that creation process that are so human and so important that you just you didn't want to hand it over to someone else because it would stop being Gales. And yeah. we have to keep revisiting that conversation as technology changes. You know, as, as we grow as a business and figure out what's the stuff that's really important to be people and what's the stuff where actually tech can be a great enabler for us. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Not an easy answer. <laughs> no, it's exciting, and then yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to see where everyone goes with it. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of potential, be a lot of mistakes as well, mm. and then, and maybe a few people in jail. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes in as a business. Then what a is is sort of ahead of you for the next sort of three years, and and what's ahead for Gales? You know, what's what's happening in terms of that pipeline? Um, I think what's what's ahead for Gales is probably the sort of in some ways the easier answer um i think more of the same essentially as 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 uh silly as that sounds i think we are a purposeful business and we've been navigating those sort of angsty teenage years where we're not a small business anymore but maybe we are only just learning how to be a really good big business um and i remember kind of seeing aspects of that with nando's and loving the fact that it ended up being a big business that was big on purpose and 
that's something that as Gales grows, we're just able to have a more and more positive impact on our local communities, on our partners, on, on the world. You know, it's it's about making that as as um as big a contribution as we can. Yeah. So we'll be doing a lot more in terms of sustainability. Tom has a real passion for regenerative farming, mm-hmm. uh, how we make our foods both more nutritious and more delicious. You know, you're not sacrificing taste for the sake of uh, a few a few fewer calories. Um, so there's some really, hopefully, exciting innovation, but with purpose at its heart, um, which, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of. And as per my role in it, goodness knows uh <laughs> <laughs> it's been a bonkers 18 months yeah, and a yeah. real, really fun 18 months um and i think i can see what the next kind of 12 months looks like but once yeah. you're getting more uh, a little further out than that it all gets a bit bit blurry but i think that's yeah. a really great space to be in to be honest definitely you just need to be lie down with a bottle of wine <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah it's not all bad <laughs> Okay, so the last couple of things, just some fun stuff, um, mm. was uh, just the mark out of 10 questions. So, favourite city to eat in? Oh, it feels really boring to say London, doesn't it? Um, I tell you, my, my most unexpected joy of a city mm. was Honolulu. Oh, uh, hello. In Hawaii. Uh-huh. Because I really expected it to be all very American, you know, big burgers, bit rubbish, yeah. but there's a really heavy Japanese influence there. Yeah. So just incredible Japanese food, a really great craft beer scene as well. So Ooh. if you like a few beers, I already recommend. Is it um, big, big something? Is that not a Honolulu be a big wave or something? Big wave. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Drank a lot of big wave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we sort of, we, we went there for our honeymoon five years ago and on our, penultimate day stumbled across this japanese food court and it was just epic oh, great. really recommend yeah it sounds very white lotus if you've seen that series yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah very sounds much really so well. well do you know funnily enough just talking about ai i was on twitter yesterday and someone's done a white lotus wes anderson mashup oh wow and the pictures are absolute. so it's the white lotus characters but in mm. wes anderson you know outfits and settings and it uh, looks absolutely fabulous really good and what about favourite hotel in the world? Uh, this weekend, I went to Oakley Court for the first time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was super fancy. And if I had all the money in the world, I might want to move in there. Uh, <laughs> so really beautiful. And actually, a, a collaboration with Soho House, they have this gorgeous, um, it's called the River House. So uh-huh. well worth checking out. Definitely. Uh, and I think, if not them, the place I'm most excited about going to is Molly's Motel. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. I yeah. just think what what cool design and what great use of tech as well. So I have a real kind of professional interest to see how that all plays out. Um, yeah. so next time I go to Bristol, that's that's where I'm going for sure. No, it sounds great. Yeah, um, that's a Soho House thing as well, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah. So here's a theme here. Um, so <laughs> um, apart from Gales, have you got a favorite coffee place do you know i actually don't really <laughs> and i think it's because gales has ruined me i've yeah, become yeah. a massive coffee snob uh and i really like a mocha right mm. and gales does a dark chocolate mocha with 75 percent chocolate and it is just beautiful and so i haven't found anything else to rival it yet but if i do i will let you know I didn't know that. All right, okay, I'm going to check that out for sure. Hey, what, can you have that with oat milk? Did you have that with oat milk? You can, yeah, that's how I have it. It's beautiful. Oh, 
God, that sounds brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might go down the suffer. Um, and then favourite bar or pub? I would say a brilliant pub called The Raven in Bath. Uh-huh. Uh, they do genuinely outstanding pies. It's a very old school pub that's been there for a lot. I think it's had the same owner for a long time. And you go and you get like a nice pint of gem or whatever, Bath Ale you yeah, fancy yeah. and a, a very kind of hearty pie. You get to choose what kind of gravy you want. It's oh, just, it It feels good for the soul every time I go. Oh, that sounds great. And ba- Bath Ale, do they not have like the hair or something on the, on yeah, the yeah, bottle? Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, yeah. I remember them. Well, that, but different gravy. Different greens. Yeah. Oh what, yeah. What like what like a rosemary one or something else one? Yeah, so there'll be like if you fancy something more like a kind of red wine jus type experience, mm-hmm. or you want something that's sort of meaty, and they'll yeah. they'll tell you what will match with your pie. Honestly, you got to go. <sighs> Sounds great. And then last one, favorite restaurant. You got a favorite restaurant that you just love? Favorite restaurant. I am a sucker for anything Big Mama Group does because yeah. I love Italian food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, has been on my list to go to for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, everything they do, they just, they are beautiful. And then it's just really well-made Italian food. So yeah. I'm in absolute heaven there. But they do it with such cheek. You know, it's just, just really it kind of up, saucy it? as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely fabulous. Well, listen, I think we've covered most things. I don't think we've left out too many things. Um, so thanks so much for coming on. I know you're super busy. Um, so I really appreciate the time and, and just in a non-patronising way, well done. You know, I'm just <laughs> so pleased um, for you. And I'm so pleased for the Gales family and, and obviously my pal Marta. Um, and skateboard and Tom, um, who I love very much. So just thank you um, for, for coming on and sharing your experience. I think this will be really inspirational for others to, you know, take the step into tech in the right way without, um, you know, becoming all Daft Punk and, and digital and all the rest of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And it was so lovely to meet you. And I'm sure we'll catch up again. So thank you so much. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, I could talk about Gales for hours. So probably best that we cut it off there. <laughs> <laughs> and also thanks to Vita Mojo, obviously. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. So there we have it. What a fantastic episode. I thought Rosie was great value and great company. Thank you so much to Rosie for taking the time to talk to us today. That's Rosie Hill, who's the head of e-commerce at Gales. Also, just quickly, a massive shout out of love to Marta, the MD, and Tom, the CEO at Gales 2. Two people I've really enjoyed getting to know over the years, and I'm just so pleased for the whole Gales team for the rise and rise and continued success of such a beautifully crafted brand. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. Thanks also to our silver partners, HDI, Saved by Robots, and Airship and Toggle for their support as this podcast would not be possible without all of our partners. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks and tales that will make your brand boom.